It's time now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips, demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Sparks. Well, a very good coffee club Wednesday morning. I hope everybody is well. Uh, Just a note up front, we're a little short on people today, the panelists, Dave and Chris. I don't remember this ever being, but they're not here today. They're attending to getting their new grill fixed. They're having some serious issues with getting it to work, and they paid enough money for it. It should work. So hopefully they'll have that resolved this morning. Um, It's one of those things where they've... um, they're going to have to work with their Wi-Fi, and working on the coffee club would not be conducive for what they're doing. So they're away today, so you're going to have to depend upon my cooking skills. Uh, not so good. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't be my cooking skills, Bill, I can tell you that. <laughs> We'd be in bad shape if we had to depend upon mine all of the time. Uh, Jeff, how are you this morning? I am doing, well, how do they say I'm doing, what can I say? I'm doing very well, thank you. Everything is good here, and if you like uh, hot and humid weather, we've got it for you. And and some rain later on this afternoon, but that's what's happening here in Albany, New York. And let's go to Minneapolis. Tim. Yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, I, I've noticed when uh, you said you were going to depend on your cooking skills, Bill, Jennifer let out a big sigh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice weather here. It's supposed to get up to around 80 and sunny. Well, I, I guess there's a chance of rain earlier today, but it's supposed to be pretty nice. And, well, the Twins, well, they didn't do well yesterday, but they've been doing really well. So, <laughs> Are they going to hold on and win the pennant this year? I don't know, because they got Cleveland close behind. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I know they started out real fast and then faded a little bit, but we'll see. Cleveland is coming on, so we'll. And put... of course, the Yankees are doing really well. So yeah, <laughs> very very. And they beat the Baltimore yesterday, Tim. Very again, again, very true. Yep, yep. Well, was it nine to four, something like that? I don't know. Uh, but wow. Jennifer, in the downstairs, in your office, how are things going with you and the paper shredder? Oh, pretty well. You had a little experience with the paper shredder, didn't you? I did. I hate to admit it, high-tech person that I am, I had never used a paper shredder on the floor. 
And once you told me how to do it, now I'm fascinated with that thing. Except yesterday, I thought I would be cool, and I put a whole big magazine down it, and it got stuck. And then I had to figure out the reverse buttons to get it out, and that wasn't so good. But other than that, I really like that paper shredder. And it really shreds the paper. I mean, you could use it for uh, bedding for an animal cage when it gets done with it. Will it do credit cards as well? Yes. Yes. It will do credit cards. In fact, one of the envelopes I shredded was an AARP with two cards in it. So, yes, it will, 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 will. Um, We've got a, a... a couple things to play here in just a moment from Bonnie in California, and we'll get to that in just a few moments here. I want to see if anybody else on the panel has, or not on the panel, but in the audience here has anything to say? And help yeah, you. Bill. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. Uh, i got to make a correction. Uh, this concerns Thursday night show, All Things Radio. Um, just Bill in Chicago. Uh, I mentioned on there during the FM, uh, WBF, oh, WFMB uh, commercial that they mentioned uh, Maplehurst uh, milk, and I mentioned the big ice cream parlor on East 30th Street. It wasn't Maplehurst. Someone, my friends, called me and said, Bill, get your facts straight. You were there enough times. It was McKinstry's on 30th Street, and, and Maplehurst was on 63rd Street and Broadway with their ice cream stand. Well, I'm telling you, it's not been the same since you made that mistake. But you yeah, said Maplehurst was that was Maplehurst. They made ice cream. They they made dairy products. Are they still around? I really don't know. I haven't I haven't been in Indianapolis uh, enough to shop down there. I mean, I go there all the time, but I don't go around shopping. Anymore. I, I really don't. don't know. I know. I know so. the two ice cream parlors are gone. I know that. I don't think so. I think it's just a few years ago. Spot, maybe it you know? stopped. Right. So what you're saying, Bill, is you don't think they're still around? Okay. No. No, we, do have, so. uh, we do have. We do have. Hold on. We do have Joe and Ellen. Uh, one. Uh, go ahead, Ellen. Oh yeah. Hi. This. This this is Joe. Sixty six degrees. We got hot and humid here. Rain up to ninety three. Little sixty six tonight. Just as an added, Tim and I had a birthday yesterday. But Tim is thirteen years younger than I am. Oh, all right. And what did you do for your birthday yesterday, Joe? Well, late, later on, we we went we went to the village inn and had some great food, and that was a lot of fun. Well, I had one on last Friday, so we're all getting a little older. But I thought Tim was like, I thought Tim was 82 years old, so that made Joe 95. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. According to Tom Lair, I'm ready for Medicare. No, 65. Oh, okay. All right. I got it mixed up here. Well, You guys are all kids. Yeah. That's true. We are kids, 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 kids. We're going to play a presentation. It only takes about four minutes from Bonnie. She's going to talk about an agency in California. And maybe I'm going to do it here. But I'm going to try to do it here. 
And for those who uh, remind you that you're listening to the Coffee Club that's heard every Wednesday morning on the Worldwide Legend. And we also have a podcast, so you can download if you miss it or tell your friends, turn them on to the Coffee Club. Here goes Bonnie from California. And anybody else can do this, too, by calling 800-693-0595 and speak what's on your mind. And... Um, if you don't want to call in the number, you can do that, and we'll play it live on the air just like this. So this is unedited, so we'll see what we get. Good morning. This is Bonnie from Santa Ana, Southern California, where the temperature just before sunrise is 66 degrees, a high of 83. Um, I'm happy to tell you today about a wonderful free resource for seniors over age 60 uh, throughout the country, continental U.S. anyway. It's called Well Connected. It was formerly called Senior Center Without Wall, which was a much more descriptive term, I believe, Well Connected. It's a free telephone community, and it's run like a virtual senior center with groups of lots of variety uh, changing pretty frequently. I volunteered for this organization for almost 10 years. I do a support group for the blind on Well Connected on Tuesdays, and I've been a participant in many groups as well over the years. Well Connected is, as I say, a free program. It's not a program for the blind, but it is very blind friendly since it's all over the phone. They have utilized Zoom uh, for people on computers some of the special events, the weekly health and wellness presentations, the museum tours, uh, travel logs, other things like that can be done on your computer, and they're for people with vision, although anyone can enter some of the special groups. The groups run about a half hour, well, usually 45 minutes to an hour. They're scheduled facilitated groups. This is not a chat line, which so many blind people seem to enjoy. It's a virtual senior center. Groups range from um, sharing book interests, where people tell about a book they've recently read and recommend. Other groups include reading aloud stories, poetry, reading and sharing your own poetry. I've facilitated an Adventures in Writing group on this uh, program in the past. There are armchair travel, bird watching, bingo, and boggle over the phone on Saturdays. A blind woman I know facilitates a group called Mystery Melody on Saturday, and there's Pet Tales. Tell about your pet. There are three different groups for visually impaired people. Um, one for low vision, one that I do for the blind with a co-facilitator, and a third um, group for vision loss. The best group I could recommend is the daily gratitude group, which lasts a half an hour. Gratitude is a wonderful practice and a really uplifting experience. The phone number to register <clears throat> to get a catalog, <coughs> pardon me, to get a catalog or request a braille schedule or on a flash drive is... 877-797-7299. Again, for Well Connected, to get more information to the office to sign up or request a schedule, 
7299. I'll send an email to Bill with the phone number and everything. No one needs to feel isolated, lonely, like you don't get enough mental stimulation or social interaction. These groups are really great. They're structured enough, yet they're spontaneous. And I only mentioned some of the groups they offer. Again, to finish off, this is the group that I'm recommending. Um, and if you're disabled and are a little bit under 60, you may be able to be in the program too. Well connected, call 877-797-7299. This is Bonnie, a Constant Coffee Club listener, if not caller in, thanking you for listening. Great show, guys. Sounds good, Bonnie. And thank you very much, Bonnie. It kind of goes into my next topic, but uh, we'll make sure that anybody that wants that telephone number gets that phone number because we want you to reach out and be a part of that group if you're in that group. Uh, it brings up the topic. One of the topics that I thought about for the day it was brought about by some friends. And this group fits right into what we were going to talk about. You're maybe our age, maybe you're a little younger. What's your philosophy? Do you prefer living close and near relatives all of the time and for them to provide 100% of your needs to go to the store, go to the doctor's office, um, get you to the bus stop, that kind of thing? Or do you prefer a more independent type of lifestyle, if you're able to, to where maybe you take public transportation, maybe you take an Uber, Lyft, maybe you take a bus, whatever, but and you live on a bus line or you're you're close to, to where you can do these things yourself? Or do you want a combination of both? Um, panel, we'll start with you, Jeff. I think I like a combination of both. Um, I moved to Albany. I have to go back to 19, uh, well, back to the 1970s because I went to college in Syracuse and lived in Syracuse. And, I, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time. And then when, then I moved to Albany. We ended up breaking up, and I didn't know anyone here in Albany, New York. And I had to learn really quickly how to get around and how to do for myself, which which I was able to do. But I think there's no, there's no one-size-fits-all here. I, I think I'd like to have a combination of both being independent, and, and I'd like to have people who I, who, I can who I can count on if I really need them if, if, I, can't, if I can't do something. Um, I found that, for me at least, if you, if you try to depend on a lot of sighted people for help, at some point sighted people, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm generalizing here, but they figure if they help you once, they're gonna they're gonna be forced to help you over and over again. So and they and they get kind of tired of it quickly. And I think even family members would at some point. So I think it's a combination of both. Being independent is also good, and being able to ask for some help and have, having a, a list of connected friends you can talk to and get some help is is also good. Um, there's no one size fits all here, Bill. That's just my approach. I think so, Jenny. You got a comment? Well, I think I'm kind of like Jeff. I think a combination is a good thing. You can, you should do as many things as you can do, but sometimes it's nice to have somebody that's willing to go with you if you want to 
say shop for a specific thing because the disadvantage to Uber or Lyft or something like that is they don't they're not going to stay with you and help you really. And sometimes you need maybe a little more than Ira. And that's a valid point, Tim. I guess maybe Tim is among the missing here. But okay, he must have stepped away. How about uh, uh, why don't we see if Bill wants to say anything on this topic? I, I've never seen Bill silent on a topic yet. Are you there with us, Bill? Go ahead, Bill. He's not muted. Oh, well, go ahead, Bill. We got you. Go ahead. Okay, right now. now I'm muted. Okay. Uh, yeah, my opinion is I think you should learn to do everything independently. Plus, depend you know not depend on people, but have friends or family. Or use public transportation. Uh, a lot of it, I think, as you get older, a lot of this depends, I think, on your family life or your parents when you're growing up, how much they did for you or what they thought you couldn't do. Because some people think that, oh, my poor son or daughter is blind. They can't do anything. So they, they can't do this. They can't do that. Well, my parents, I lived on a farm and I was told that I had to work just like anybody else. And I mean, I, there was a couple years there where I lost my sight and I had surgery and got it back, but I still had to milk the cows, feed the cows, do the pigs. I still had to do stuff. I still had to go around and chop weeds out underneath the electric fence. I just, you learn how to do it. So I think a lot of it depends on the parents and how was your, how you're brought up. I mean, if you're brought up pretty much independent, you're going to be independent because I've lived in Chicago since 61 and I've done all the public transportation or the rails and everything else. And I was never, never well, Bill, thought yeah, about that. Yeah, but Bill, that the only thing, and I, I really admire you for doing all that. But the bottom line is, is not every blind person fits into that mold. I mean, it all depends. And you're right; it all depends on how you're raised. I mean, I know plenty of blind people who are fairly independent. Um, I, 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 I lost some independence when I got hit by a car back in 1977 and broke my collarbone and, and damaged my hip for a while. And I don't like crossing streets. That doesn't mean I can't do it. I just don't like crossing streets. And I do have some PS, PTSD in that regard. So, you know, I agree with you, Bill, but I think we have to be careful because not every, not everyone has the same level of independence that you have. So there has to be a, I, I believe there has to be a, a kind of, a kind of a midpoint in that, in that independence. I mean, it, there are different kinds of independence, and not everyone is as independent as you might be. And yet, there are people who are more independent, and there are a lot of blind people who are who say to who say to me, I, "I'm I'm blind. I can do everything. I'm super. I'm super blink, as as we used to call them in New York." But that that's not true. There's no such thing as a super blink. I don't I don't buy that. Um, no, I, oh no, there's no such thing as a super blink. There's things there's things you got to have help with, or sometimes you you can't do it, so you got to get somebody to help you do it. Or like like Jennifer said, to go shopping, you're looking for a certain thing. Thing. Well, you may be independent enough to go to the store, maybe use Uber, or maybe use public transportation. You go to the, to the department store, but, it, but it's a lot of times it's the staff in the store. They won't help. Yeah, well, part so, of the problem, Bill, you know, here's I went to JCPenney last week, um, and I, was, I happened to be with my daughter. And I asked her, I said, Meredith, what's going on? I mean, this, they have no... They have no help in these stores. Uh, I mean, they are running on a, as a, a shoestring budget in a sense. And if you want to get help finding something, good, good luck trying to find someone. Same thing at the grocery store. I mean, I went to a grocery store and I said, to the, I said to the person, you know, can you help me out? He says, look, I really would love to. I just don't have the staff. I mean, and, they, and he was being very, very honest with me. So, uh, again, when you're visually impaired, 
or like I am, and you have to and you have to depend on that. Uh, you know, we, we we both know that unfortunately the reality is today it's it's unfortunately every man for himself somehow in a way. You know, very very true. Oh, yeah. a raised hand. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, it, it is. It, it, yeah. Everybody's running the shoes. It's like they get announced on the news. Walgreens getting ready to shut down a lot of their stores. Very true. Well, they are too with some of the things that they do. Um, I saw. Was it Joe and Ellen? Or was it Ellen? Yeah. Did you have your hand raised? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I'm picking up, picking back enough for you. I have um, a wheelchair, and I think a lot of times it's for what you are physically able to do. Because um, I was raised where you know I like it too. But see, I've got I get the double because of my visual and the wheelchair as well. So, so I. Do as much as I can for myself, but you, you know, you can't be this superhuman person. You gotta. There are times where you do need help, and when I'm there at the store, uh, what I do is I, you know, I and I do get the help because sometimes, you know, because I can't push the cart and, you know, and and read the what I need to read. So it gets rather interesting, but I, um, I am all for doing what you physically can do for yourself. Very, Thank very you, Ellen. good point. Uh, I don't think it, I didn't see anyone else's hand up, Bill, at this point. No. Well, what I about you, Bill? You started this. Well, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that you need to do what you can for yourself. However, there are times when it's not possible. When um, I go to a doctor's office and there's paperwork that needs to be filled out, I know I can't fill out those forms when I go to the doctor's office. Um, When, you know, there are limitations. I realize that. But I also like to have the ability to be able to go to the drugstore when I want to go or not have to wait on somebody to come and get me that might be a day or two later or whatever the case may be. So I try to push myself to to be able to do, you know, what I can for myself. But I realize that not everyone can or should be expected to do that. And that's why the groups like, you know, that Bonnie mentioned or... You know, people like that, you know, like that to help because people need people. They need to reach out. I mean, when we're down in Florida and we're down in Florida very soon, I don't know all of the resources. I don't know all of the paratransit. Yeah, I can get from Uber and and do whatever and do whatever. But I'm going to have to reach out and network for help because there are just some things I cannot do but you know i try to pride myself on is doing as much as possible but you know i do have limitations and and i realize that but you know i i don't want to sit around and make excuses well i'm blind and i can't do this 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 and you better help me to do this, this, and this, because, you know, I think you have 
to be positive in your approaches. Which brings me to the other point of this. How many of us, or it seems like, maybe as a blind person, disabled person, elderly person, not elderly yet, hopefully, but whatever the case, have you ever thought, how many friends do you have that... You know, if you want them to take you someplace, you know, you always pay gas, but it seems like it's gas, it's dinner, it's this, it's this. And do they come to expect that after a while? I mean, um, sometimes I feel like um, I'm buying friendships. I have a friend of mine, and he doesn't expect it, and I do it as a courtesy because I know that he's also financially having having some problems. Right. So for me, it's not really an issue, and I think it's a courtesy anyway. I mean, I, I a lot of times I'll offer, I'll say, I'll say to my friend, I'll say, "Well, do you mind if you want me to pay for your dinner?" Go, no, don't worry about it. You know, we're friends, so don't worry about it. But you know, I I always I always offer to uh, to to help out. Hold on. So we have we also have someone, Julie. We we have Julie and go 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 ahead, Julie. Well, I think there are times in my I have had some times in my life where <clears throat> no matter what you can do, even though you can pay for gas, you can buy them a meal. Nothing takes the place of being able to take your turn at providing transportation. Well, I think that goes for all of us. Do you do you feel, Julie, when you go out with somebody that you should automatically pay for their meal or gas or do something extra for them? Is that our way of saying, you know, we want to feel like we're contributing or then? Absolutely. But what I'm saying is that sometimes there are situations when nothing can nothing you could contribute can take the place of. Right. So they don't, you know, so they so, so sometimes no matter what you would do, if you would pay gas or do a meal, they may not want to help with transportation because you can't take a turn at providing it. Or again, I, I again, again, that goes to my point of, of if you're visually impaired uh, and a lot of times sighted people, they don't mind helping you out. But they're, they're always afraid that if I'm asking for the sighted help person to help me, they're always going to get stuck being the one helping all the time. The, the, that's I think that's part of what you're saying here as well, Julie. Well, well, possibly. Possibly, but I just know that, you know, that because I can't drive a car in some kinds of social situations, I will not fit in as well if it is a situation where people would take turns at transportation. Jenny, did you want to say something? I thought I heard you chime in. Sometimes we just feel like we have the best friends money can buy, that none of them would actually do something for us just to be nice and do it if there wasn't going to be money or dinner or something involved in it. Or it's just assumed. Jenny, you remember the time when you were working at the IRS and a lady said she was going to give you a ride because God told her to. Well, that lasted about two or three weeks. And God yeah. must have told her to quit because it was very short-lived, you know, even though... Oh, yes, and, it, I, and I offered to give her gas money for picking me up and stuff. But, but God told yeah. her to, and then must have... And then he told to her to quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can understand. I, <laughs> yeah, that that's something you run into. I mean, it's, you, you offer people money, and sometimes they won't take it. But that, that means then they have no obligation. Like if it's a ride, ride situation and you're going to and from work, 
it, it can't work that way. No, no. <laughs> this you, is true. We do have Jerry, and I'm going to unmute you in a second here, Jerry. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay, well, Judy and I are blessed in a lot of ways. First of all, I can see all thoughts on this. Uh, we'd like to do as much as we possibly can independently, especially in the home. But, like, neither one of us have the greatest of mobility skills and all. But we have a church. We have a pastor who encourages the members of our church not only to uh, reach out to us, but to reach out to each other, even the ones that are <clears throat> that are sighted. And, like, uh, we can... Uh, if we need to go to a doctor's office or someplace where, like, forms need to be filled out and all that, and we need the transportation, uh, we either uh, send an email to the person who coordinates our email list in church, and she says that we have a need, and uh, there's always somebody there to respond to us. Well, I think that's pretty good. Uh, now, do you guys, do you guys, I'm assuming that you guys don't have any kids. Am I correct, Jerry? Right. So, and I can understand that. I mean, I think for people who are visually impaired in that situation, and, you know, and also, uh, maybe I'm wrong, and, and Bill, maybe you can comment on this, maybe, I don't, I, I've had this philosophy, and I don't, I don't want my, my three daughters, I don't want them to be my sighted slaves. I don't think that's good. I, I try not to ask my my kids to do anything for me if i can help it because i don't think it's fair to them i don't want them to be my my sighted slave that that's how i look at it right i i agree with you um but the like like circumstances julie said sometimes you're you're going to need that help and i don't think it hurts kids to be able to help you out from time to time or whatever because goodness knows if you've been any kind of good parent you probably helped them along the way at some point in time during their life and you know that that should be i well sunday my son stopped by we haven't seen them in several months and it was good to see the grandkids again and blah, blah, blah. And he took me over to Jackie's house over there because he's a contractor. And he really wanted to look at it for himself to see if this house could be salvaged and whatever and whatever and whatever. And it was nice to be able to have him do that. That's something I couldn't do for Jackie and give her an honest opinion. And he would shoot straight with her and tell her, you know, you know, this is what can be done. This is what you need to expect. And and I thought that was kind of a, a good thing. But it doesn't mean I'm dependent upon my son to do those, you know, type of things because we don't see them. But maybe because they live out of town maybe a couple times a year. So goodness knows we don't do that, but I can, you know, it, it does feel good from time to time to be able to handle it. Do we have any more hey, hands raised? Yeah, Bill, well, I got, a, I got a text message from JR, and what he said was he's got the opposite approach, and I, I know JR pretty well. He's very independent and does a lot of traveling by himself, and he says sometimes, and I know he's a ham radio operator, and I know he goes to all these things, and sometimes, and I, I hope I'm paraphrasing it right for you, JR, sometimes he sent me a text message, and sometimes he says, I wish, he says he's in the opposite view. I, he says, I wish there were those people who are sighted who would, who would be nice enough and offer me a ride which says, which, and he says that doesn't happen. So he's in the he's he he has a that kind of a problem. And I I really get that, Jerry. I understand what you're saying. I do understand. Uh, do we have anybody else that wants to comment while I go over to the email to see if we've got any 
I don't think we've got any more comments, but we'll see. Bill, I was going to ask you. You're not muted here. I was going to ask you a question, Bill. You're, you're kind of very independent, and I'm going to unmute you here. There we go. Uh, you're, you know, you have a daughter and everything else. So did, did you feel the same way I did? You, I didn't want my, my daughter to be my sighted slave. Do you, do you kind of feel the same way? Oh, yeah. We didn't, well, I, had, I never did do that. I mean, my, I mean, my daughter, well, right now she's, she's living with me, not because of my vision problem, because of her financial state. She had a house, and she wasn't in it enough time. She finally sold it, and she, she moved in here. But she's independent. She does whatever she wants. The only thing she really does now for me uh, that it's just easier. She'll look at the mail instead of me going through all the steps of seeing AI or one of those just to do it. So she'll just read the mail quick. And and other than that, that's that's about the only thing she does. I mean, I, I do all the housework and everything else and take care of all that and take care of the yard. And in fact, I take care of three yards, a yard on each side of me. Uh, I do their yards for them because... The one the house is empty is for sale. Well, to keep my property looking good, I keep that yard, keep that yard mowed, and keep the weeds and stuff out. And the one next door, the young girl that uh, she's not young anymore, but she lives there and she's alone and she uh, doesn't have the equipment to do it. So I do her grass, and of course I've known her since she's a baby. But I mean, just some of the things. I mean, my opinion is if you do sometimes for other people, like on my block I live on. Uh, there's a few new people I don't know them that well, but the people that lived here for a while, I mean, I can ask them for anything, or they even volunteer a lot of times. They'll come and tell me, I have one guy who lives down the street, he says, anytime I need a ride for anything, just let him know. And he expects nothing. I mean, it, it, and I've helped them do stuff before on their house, or I've worked with them on projects around. So, I mean, it, it, if you really get out and work with people, and do things for them, they're going to sometimes do stuff for you. That's the way I look at it. Like Jerry said, his church, well, I, uh, the church I go to, sure, I mean, I I do some stuff down there, and I help them out with stuff, and there's hardly anybody down there wouldn't help me do anything if I needed, needed assistance, because if you reach out and help other people that you know you can do it for them or help them do it, if they're going to, a lot of times, they're going to come back and help you out if you need help i wish i, I mean, was brought it's, up it's a, fair, it's a fair it's a fair trade thing i mean i think maybe it's because the way i was born and raised uh i was born when i was raised and more or less a, a holy roller church when i was a kid but my father uh he was born one step above amish and his theory was that you help the other person and they'll help you i mean we never had a problem when I was on the farm. We could get help anywhere we wanted, or we'd go help other people do stuff. It was, I meant there was, you just, you just trade off. That's like, like the Amish community. They, they trade off with each other. So, I mean, if you trade off with people in your neighborhood and say, oh, I can help you move that stuff, well, sure, you might be a little slower at it, or you might have to say, okay, where do you want it? And... I mean, you you do things for other people, and they're going to do stuff for you. It, it's yeah, but you know, you were brought up you were brought up in a different era and a different time in many respects, Bill. And I think about you know, I I think that the big problem I had was I had parents and and I loved them dearly, but they didn't. You know, I went to a school for the blind. I'm not complaining about that, but they didn't know what what blind people couldn't couldn't do until. But what they did do is when they knew that I was blind and when I was born, they did the research and they and they they were. But I was not built, uh, I was not gated to learn mechanics and doing all that stuff. So, 
Well, I think it depends on where you're. You know, it also depends on where you're born and raised too. I mean, sure, I could have been. I was born and raised in the country. Well, right, but, well, but I also remember. I also I also lived in New York City. I grew up in an apartment, so it's a totally different. Yeah, so the whole environment. Different, different. You know, it's a different lifestyle because you know I was. I had an uncle who was chief mechanic for Eckridge. Well, he taught me how to work on autom- on uh, truck engines and, and tractors. I mean, I used to. I could tear back years ago. I could tear a whole engine down, and put it back together. But I mean, it was just because I had. It was. I think it was because it, it depends. It still refers back to where you live, your family life, and what goes on. I mean, because I was never, I was never brought that. Oh, you can't see to do that. But, I mean, but it's I, a generational thing too, because I noticed like my parents' friends and even my parents are more likely to think about helping somebody than like younger people or people my age. Even it seems like. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right, Jennifer, because today people don't do anything for anybody. It's all for myself. I mean, it's just like uh, kids nowadays with video games and that they sit around. That's all they do uh, and that stuff. But everybody is, we live also what we call a disposable life. In other words, no one takes care of anything. Oh, so what? I break it. I'll go buy a new one. I won't take care of it. You know, what makes the big difference? And we live in disposable life, which I think is totally wrong. Because when I was growing up, if you had a toy or something you had, you took care of it. I mean, you didn't just go around and destroy it and say, well, mom and dad will buy me a new one. They'll just whip out the credit card and buy me a new one. Of course, I was born and raised where there's no such things as credit cards. But I think that's, that's a big downfall, too, is, is credit cards. I mean, there's, everybody lives beyond their means. That's the trouble nowadays. Because I think there's everybody's so much in debt now that, like they say, it's it's just not in, not to get political. But with this thing going on with China and the tariffs, I don't want to get into the political thing, but if China ever called in the debt on the United States, we would be under China control in 24 hours. People don't realize that. We owe China so much money that they called the debt in, they would rule us. But that's not going to happen at this point. No, but it's we, not going to happen. But, I'm but, just but saying we, that we just, are in for a rude awakening, Bill. I mean, some of the pre- things that we normally buy that we don't realize uh, are made in China are going to cost more money. But oh, that, yeah, sure. We, Every, for everything. I don't care what you, what you buy now. Most of it's made in China. And, and, again, that's not getting this political stuff, but... During the Clinton administration, I'm no Republican or Democrat. I, I, I go with whatever I look at. But during the Clinton administration, how many companies closed and moved to China? Well, my father, worked in the, in, my father worked in the garment industry, and he saw that all the work was leaving New York and going south. And right. they wanted him to be a plant manager. And he says, look, I can't be a plant manager in South Carolina. I have a child who's totally blind, and I want him to have the best education possible. And where is he mm-hmm. going to get that in South Carolina? I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not trying to cut down South Carolina. But in reality, I mean, New York State at the time had the best schools for the blind. You had the New York Institute, which is a private school. You had the, And you had the Lavelle School, another right. private school. And you had a state school up in Batavia. And he right, felt and you had the, Perkins School in that area. Right, and Perkins in Boston. But he felt uh, at that point for him that moving to South Carolina was not for him because he, he took the needs of me first and you know maybe that was wrong but that that's how what that's how he felt you know that's all you know that's all I can say but if, if anyone would like to talk about this we have a few more we have about 13 minutes to go before Dave's uh, before Dave's demo and I don't know. I'm going to turn it over to you, Bill. I don't know if you have any mail or any any other reactions here. Well, I don't, but I do have one update that's just come through. I noticed this late last night, and I noticed it on the list this morning. 
And it's for people who are IRA users or potential IRA users. The ride-sharing option is now available for guests of IRA. You know, if you just have a free IRA account and you need to have them call a Lyft or Uber ride for you, they will, and track the vehicle, uh, the progress of the car, you know, to make sure that you get where you need to be. And that can be very helpful if you're in a big crowd or whatever and you don't know, you know, which one your vehicle is you're supposed to get into. But I think that's a great service that um, they provide. So if you're able at all to use your, well, now it's on the iOS device. I guess it's going to come to the Android soon enough. But I think that's that's a great service if you are out and about and you need to have them call a Lyft ride or an Uber ride for you, that's a good thing. And that's one of those things, Bill, we say we never get anything for free. Well, maybe it's not for free, but it doesn't cost anything. And I think that's a great thing. I know I've been someplace where I've needed to utilize that particular service, so that's good. Do you so, that Ira, Ira, when you do that, Bill, I want to make sure I understand. I ask uh, Ira, I, I ask Ira to help me out to get, to, to get me an Uber or a Lyft. Let's say I'm, I, I like I use Uber a lot because there are more of them than well, what does not matter? That Ira will monitor where that Lyft the way that Lyft is and will be able to tell me where that Lyft or the Uber, Uber driver is, so I won't have, have a problem finding it. Exactly correct? right. Or maybe if you're out someplace and maybe you're not so comfortable with your phone, you know what I mean? And you don't want to punch in all the addresses and whatever and whatever and whatever the case may be. Well, then it's kind of a good thing. So, yes, that is true. And I think we got Julie. Julie McCullough has her hand raised uh, as well, Bill. Go, yes. Julie. Um, I live in Topeka, Kansas, and Topeka, Kansas is not a large city in comparison to some. And um, Uber and Lyft sometimes cost more than regular cabs here in Topeka. In fact, um, my stepson said that that for what it would cost for me to get across town, he could get between Dallas and Fort Worth for that same price. Well, you must live in an unusual area because usually the prices especially where we live here, are much cheaper on Uber and Lyft. Um, I agree. I, Bill, we have a... I'm sorry, go ahead. And what, did you say something else, Julie? Your phone is fading away on us here for some reason. Okay. Talk, yeah, talk close to the, better? Yeah, talk yes. close to the microphone in your phone. There you go, Bill, Julie. Okay, the, yeah, this is better. I put my phone up, put it back up in my ear. I had it in my hand. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I was surprised because I'd heard about, you know, and I understand it depends on time of day, and I, you know, and I would make allowances for that, but um, I was really surprised because it, it cost a lot to... Okay, aren't uh, you to do that with them. Not to give away, but aren't you in Wichita or one of... Some, no, I'm in Topeka. Topeka. I, I want to do some checking between now and next week. And I want to see if we can check some prices on Topeka for you. Right. And, All right, thank you. And we have someone, we have a 
um, we have a two two five. I'm not sure if that's Buddy or who that is. No, but that's we're gonna Pierre. All... That's Pierre. How much? That's Pierre. Go ahead. I should never, I have to remember the area code. Go ahead, Pierre. <laughs> hey, Bill. What's up today? Hey, nothing, man. What's going on? By the way, <laughs> I found that. But anyway, uh, you know, Teresa and I lived in Little Rock for years. And we uh, used the buses and the cabs to go everywhere. And then we lived in Atlanta, and the transportation was even better with buses and trains. But then we moved to a little place called McGee, Arkansas, of 4,500 people <laughs> with no buses, no cabs. No. So my question is, why did you move to such a small... I mean, I, 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 maybe it's me, but the first priority for me as a blind person is I want to be with this transportation. So what made you decide to move to McGee, Arkansas? A job. That's where they had the vending stand opening, so that's what I had to take. And uh, so then uh, uh, after we moved from McGee, Arkansas, back to Louisiana here, I bought a piece of property out in the country. Ooh. And there is no transportation. So uh, my sister had a little uh, travel trailer. She moved it in my backyard. I bought her a car, and now that's how. Now we do everything possibly independent. But when it comes to going to the store or going to the doctor, she brings us where we need to go. You don't have a choice. But you don't have a choice. That's it. I always, well, you know, I always advocate when I talk to blind people, and I used to do that back in the past, I always say you really need to try to find a place to live where there's transportation because if you don't and you don't have people to help you you're screwed i mean it really right. that, that that is the reality of the situation and you're very lucky but you i go ahead jennifer i'm sorry sometimes you gotta go where the job is though i i agree that you have to go where the job is and maybe i'm maybe it's me and i would say well if the job if i'm going to a job and there's no transportation and that's going to cost me twice as much money to go back and forth to work that i'm going to make then maybe that job is not for me but that, but not everyone has the same values or the same priorities that's my priority. Well, I, stayed in, I stayed in that little town for 25 years, and um, uh, like I said, no bus in and out, no taxi. But I was, we were lucky because the school where I worked, uh, they would pick me up in the morning and uh, uh, bring me to work and bring me home in the afternoon. Uh, if we had to go out of town, the bus was about 22 miles away. The school would bring us to the bus station they would bring us christmas shopping whatever we needed we had we had friends to take so it it you know everybody's situation is unique pierre in the real 225 and uh, you know like jeff said not one size fits all and it's i mean that's a unique story but it happens but you and Teresa are comfortable with it, and it works for you. Exactly. You know, it works for you, so that's all that counts. You go to the conventions, you're very much independent. You get from where you need to go and do what you do, and you're not afraid to travel. So you've, you've talked the talk and walked the walk. So, you know, what can I say? And by the way, I found that song for you. Um, let's see, who was that by? Um, was it Nancy Moore or Nancy right. somebody? Moore, yeah. Play it for you on Saturday, but I found it. Oh, and, you did. And I'm not sure how I found it. Somebody helped <laughs> me find it, but anyway, we've got it. And I've saved it here for you. 
All and right. I think the song was called Joe. And I right. don't know how we found it, but you know, that's been two or three days ago. So but anyway Well you know well you know I have to play the stump bill. You do. Well <laughs> you must have got that from the Johnny Carson show when they used to have Doc Severinsen and they used to do Carson, they used to have a thing called Stump the Band, if you remember that back, yeah, back right. in the day. I had a little bit of fun, but anyway, you know, like you said, with being a vendor, you've got to go where the sites are and where you can make some money. But then, but then we got where we liked the small town, and we had the chance to bid on uh, fans to go back to uh, Little Rock, but we were just very comfortable in the little small town out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by cotton fields. (laughs) But you enjoyed it. So you've got to do what is best for you. Well, the grocery store, the the grocery store delivered our groceries. And uh, so if I need to go to the bank, the school would bring me to the bank or wherever I need to go. Well, and then we're, and like like I said, the bill not one size fits all, and what works for you, and that certainly has worked for you, and you worked and had a successful career, and you, I think you worked for twenty five years, you said, so that's really yeah. good. So if there's anyone who had to, because we, we're getting t- close to the ten o'clock mark, but so if there's anyone else who'd like to comment on this, you know, you could raise your hand and 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 say and make your comments. But uh, this has been an interesting topic because you get to hear all sides of the of the issue here. Maybe maybe we should give out the phone number in case there's anyone who doesn't remember the phone number if you want to call in and talk well, to We us. certainly could do so. It's 646-558-8656, 646-558-8656. And the meeting ID you're going to need is uh, 848-725-450, 848-725-450. Get the pound key twice. Boom, boom, boom. And you're in, you're in like Flynn, as I always say. And what we're going to do right now, Jeff, what we're going to do right this second is to satisfy a contractual obligation and pause for two minutes while we pick out some of your favorite spots. All right. Very good. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name, tag of the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer. Volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. 
Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Well, we are back. Yes, we are back. We had to do that little pause for the cause, you know. Uh, but we did it, and we got everything in within the hour. So we are good to go for the second hour of the coffee club. This is a little strange, Jeff, introducing a demo and Chris and Dave not be here. Yeah, but it's a good one, if I, if I remember correctly. So uh, yeah, I think, I think you guys will enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with hearing it again because we've done it a few times, but there's always room to people who may not have heard it the first time. Exactly right. And Oh, Julie, did you have a question? I saw your hand get lowered. No, um, I hadn't lowered it myself. Oh, okay. Maybe we... Um, it just got lowered. Uh, oh. But no, I had I had said what I was going to say. Oh, okay. As long as you're... Right. That, that's my fault. I forgot to lower your hand, Julie, so I hope okay. your hand isn't too tired. Sorry about that. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, we will post... Um, We'll post Bonnie's telephone number because we all might be able to take advantage of that service. Anyway, I'm going to introduce Chris and Dave's demo. They've done this before, and this would have come in handy around here last week when our Wi-Fi thermostat, the company, their server was down, and we couldn't change anything or do anything for over a week. So they're going to want us to repeat the demo on the talking thermostat. I think you can get them for, what, a couple hundred bucks, Jeff, something like that, and a lot of people use them in their home. So if this is something that interests you, sit back and listen to uh, this demo that was done in 2017, I believe, about the talking thermostat. And then we'll be back... You really want to stay tuned and stay with us because I'm going to show you how to cook really the real way, the right way instead of Chris's way. I'm really going to show you how to cook, really (laughs) mess it up. But here we go with this demo. Good morning. By request, we have been asked to do a demonstration of the talking thermostat from talkingthermostats.com. If you've ever had any problems using a digital thermostat because it didn't talk, this thermostat, the VIP 3000, will solve your problems. This unit is completely accessible. The speech is very good on this unit, and it works exceptionally well, and it is dead accurate. Now this unit mounts on the wall where your existing thermostat is. So you remove the existing thermostat and you have to do some wiring. Um, For those of you that 
use a colorino or something like that uh, and are a little mechanically inclined you probably could install this yourself uh, if you use like a color identifier or something to identify the colors of your wires the instructions that come with the unit are very good although they are printed so that might give you a little bit of a problem so if you've got a good uh, electrician that can come in um, they could install it very well I myself have installed it by using a colorino to identify the colors of my wires and so on and I, I was able to install it correctly and it worked perfectly Okay, I'm going to give you some contact information about how to buy it or look at the website or whatever. And they do have you uh, videos on YouTube, and the therm the thermostat does come with a CD manual. It does not come with a, a CD instructions for wiring, but it does come with a CD manual. The web address is just simply talkingthermostats.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-E-R-M-O-S-T-A-T-S.com. And the phone number is 763-591-9557. And I'll repeat that. 763-591-9557. Five, oh, sorry, 9557. That's 763-591-9557, and I'll give that again at the end. This thermostat is a three, uh, can operate a three-stage furnace. It can also operate a heat pump system as well. Now, some of these talking thermostats are not able to operate a heat pump without some major changes. But it'll do a two-stage cool. It will do a two-stage cool for your air, air conditioning and, and so on. This thermostat is approximately six inches from right to left or six inches wide. It would be from front to back, uh, if you're laying this thing on the table, it's about four inches from front to back, so the six by four. And it's probably about two inches thick. On the front of the unit, there are some buttons. There is a, a round circle, a big round circle on the <clears throat> excuse me, left hand side of the unit on the front. That's where the speaker is. Above the th- then we have uh, a button on the front, but it's up at the top above that round circle. And that is a a button when you press it, and it will give you the TalkingThermostat.com's phone number. And um, so you, it, it it will in a voice, and it will it will let you know how to get a hold of them if you have any problems. If you come down below that round circle, which is the speaker. There's another button down there, and when you press that button, that will give you the 
temperature. I need to uh, make a correction here before we go any farther. Uh, I was correct about the button on the top left on the front of the uh, unit, and that's the one that gives you the contact information for TalkingThermostats.com. Below that button is the display, okay? For a sighted person, that's what you would use to get the information, temperature, and so on and so forth. Now, right below that display is a another button, and that's the one that will give you the temperature in the room and what the thermostat is set at, the temperature that the thermostat is set at. Then if I come over to the left, uh, to the right, that is, and then I've got on the top, there's uh, four buttons. Um, Take that back, that's three buttons. That's actually where the speaker is. And that's, you'll have the speaker, and you have um, a, a button on the top right, and that is your up arrow. Right below that button is your down arrow, and then to the right is a, a little round button, and that is a light for those of you that are visually, have a little bit of vision. You can turn that on and it'll light things up so that you can see them a little bit better. Now that takes care of the buttons on the front of the unit. Now, if you come over to the right, side of the front of the unit and you bring your fingers down below the speaker there is a door that opens up and you just sort of it pulls down. pull down on the door and then we have inside the door we have some buttons and uh, let's see we'll start with the, t- the top row of the buttons And on the top row, the first button from the left, going from left to right, the first button is the date and time button. The second button is the program button. That's the button that you use to turn your automatic program on or off because you can just operate this manually without having to program it. The next button is the weekend button because this has uh, different programs. You can program, you know, a weekend program and and a week weekly program. And then the next button to the right is the yes button. Now I will move my fingers back over to the left and come down to the second row of buttons. And I will start from the left. The first button is the reset button. The second button is the run button. The third button is weekday button. 
right under the weekend. It's, it's right underneath the weekend, the one, the one up above it. So that's the weekday button. And then the next button over is the no button. Now, if I bring my fingers just a little bit farther to the right, you will see a vertical line. It's it's raised. It's a real prominent. prominent line, and you can feel that. And to the right of that line, there are two more buttons going from left to right, but we're on the right-hand side of this unit on the front. The first button to the right of that vertical line is your, it operates your fan. It gives you the option to have the fan run automatically, like if you have the air conditioner on, and the fan will only come on whenever the air conditioner or the heat comes on. If you hit that button again, um, that puts it on manual, which will make that fun, uh, fan run all the time. So if you have your heat turned off and your AC turned off and you just want the fan to sort of just put a little breeze in your house, you might just want to put that on uh, manual instead of auto. Then if you come to the right of that button, that is the button that tells the thermostat whether you want heat or cool or off. And you do that just by pressing the button. Every time you press the button, you'll get a different function. And the thermostat tells you in a voice, it will say heat, off, or cool. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to have Chris show you how this thermostat is programmed. Okay, so we're going to start with setting the date and the time. I'm going to push the reset button. Monday, 12.49 a.m. Do you want to change the day or time settings? Press yes or no. I'm going to press yes. Would you like voice instructions? Press yes or no. Most definitely yes. Press the up or down key to set minutes. When finished, press run. Okay, what time is 50. it? Okay, we're setting the minutes. 51, 52, 53, I'm going to take 50, it to 19. It happens to be 919 right now. 57, 58, 59, oh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, okay, 10. I'm going to press run. Run. 9 a.m. Press the up or down key to set the day of the week. When finished, press run. It happens to be Thursday today. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, 9, 10 a.m. Program, program complete. Okay, now I'm going to program the day time, the weekday. So I'm going to press the weekday button, which is on the bottom second one from the right. Yes. Would you like voice instructions? Press yes or no. Press yes. the up or down key to 
set wake time. When finished, press run 71 degrees 9.30 p.m. Wake time. 40, 50, oh, 10, 20, 30, 40. Let's say we want 30. 30. And if you pass it, you just hit the down arrow key. So I'm going to press <clears throat> run. Oops. 30. Press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When finished, press Let's run. Let's say we want to wake up at 6.30. 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 6 a.m. Press the up or down key to set temperature. When finished, press run. Let's see. What temperature do we want it to be? Let's say we want it to be 72. 72. Okay. 72. Press the up or down key to set daytime. When finished, press okay, run. 73 the... degrees. 9. Oh, oh, a.m. Okay, let's say we're going to leave at 8 o'clock, so we don't want it to be real cool. 50. Oops. Oh. Okay. The minutes is fine because it's zero. Oh, press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When finished, press run. And let's say we're going to leave at 7 o'clock. I'm pressing the down arrow. Now I'm going to press run. 7 a.m. <clears throat> press the up or down key to set temperature. When finished, press run. We don't want to get the house too hot, so let's say we're going to let it go up to 74. 74. This is like if you're going to run the air conditioner since it's almost summer. 74. Press the up or down key to set evening time. Let's when see. finished, press run. 68 degrees. 500 p.m. The time is fine, so I'm just going to press run, because let's say we get home at 5. Oh, press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When finished, press run. It's on 5. you got to remember what it says. Um, 5 p.m. Press the up or down key to set temperature. When finished, press run. 69. Let's say we 70, want it to be 72 again. 72. 72. Press the up or down key to set sleep time. Sleep when finished, time. press run. 69 degrees. 11. Oh, oh, p.m. Okay, the oh, oh, let's see. I'm going to make it 30. 10, 20, 30. Press run. 30. Press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When finished, press run. Um. Press the up or down key to set temperature. When finished, press run. 69. Program completed. Program is off. Okay. Now, if I want to turn the program on or off. Program is on. The program is on. Program is off. Now it's off. Now, if you want to pro if you want to program the weekend, it's basically the same thing. It's just your Saturday and Sunday temperature. So if we want to pro if we want to program the weekend, do you want to change the program? Press yes. I press the or weekend no. button, which is the top row, second one over from the right. Would you like voice instructions? Press yes or no. I'm going to press yes. Press the up or down key to set wake time. When finished, press run. Seventy-two degrees nine thirty a.m. Okay. Twenty ten. Let's put it at zero, and I'm going to press run. Oh, press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When finished, press run. We're not going to get up so early, so let's say 8 o'clock. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Press the up 
or down key to set temperature. When finished, press run. 71. 72. 72 is good. If you forget what it's on, you can always use the bottom, the down arrow and up, or the up arrow and then down to go back where you were. 72. Press the up or down key to set daytime. When finished, press run. 72 degrees, 9, 10 a.m. Let's say that's fine. You can leave it the same temperature. So let's say 72 is good because we're going to be home all day. 10. Press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When finished, press run. sleep cool so we're gonna take it down to 70 now I'm gonna press the run 70 program completed program is off okay that's how you do it so it sounds a little bit complicated but it really isn't all you have to do really is follow the instructions what the speech tells you to do and uh, as I said before um, it's an accurate thermostat. We have used uh, these units for a long time and not had any trouble. They do operate on four AA batteries and they'll last a good year. So if you, if you do take the batteries out, sometimes you won't lose your programming and sometimes you do, it depending on how long it takes you to change your batteries. It will hold your memory for a little bit. It may mess up the time, you, but you can go back in and reset the time when you put new batteries in it. Um, but other than that, um, it's a very good, it's a very good uh, piece of equipment. It works rather well. I've actually been using thermostats from this company since about the year 2000 and they're excellent the customer service is excellent if you need to know how to do something and you forget how to do it you just call them they'll they'll tell you the other thing is the the 3000 is their newest one and it looks as though that's the one they're currently selling because it will work with virtually anything price is $189. You do get free shipping. Um, the phone number again is 763-591-9557. And if you want to see more about it, you can go to Talking Thermostats with no spaces and no capitals dot com. And that concludes our 
demonstration of the VIP 3000 talking thermostat from talkingthermostats.com. If you have any questions, you can always call 317-886-1103 or you can email Bill Sparks at bill at billsparks.org and ask any questions you have. And if Bill doesn't know, he can check with us and we will be more than happy to uh, help out with the answers to the questions that you need answered. Well, at this time, that concludes the demonstration, and I hope uh, this gave you enough information for you. If you decide to own one of these things, that you will be able to program it. So, that's it for now. So, everyone, have a great week, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with money ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or, better yet, volunteer volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, S, speech difficulty, T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. We are back. There we go, Bill. There we go. And I've actually talked to to that guy at the Talking Thermos. That's Harry Cohen. Very, very nice guy. And he really is very personable and you can uh, you're going to get any information you might need from him. Can I make a comment? Go ahead. All right. Somebody. You can if it, but somebody's got a lot of noise. In the someone's got a lot of noise. Please turn your computer down on what you're listening to on the uh, on the meeting because it's it's making interference. Right. Go ahead, Bill. Right. Well, I was going to say, uh, if anybody wants, I mean, that's a great thermostat. I've seen them myself. But if you really can't afford to pay that much money, you can contract your. You can get a hold of your heating contractor. You can look them up. Honeywell will make some. I have one. It's a regular thermostat. Looks just like a regular thermostat. On the one side, you. Get 
got your AC switch and heat switch, and then you got your fan on and fan off. But the dial is raised. Uh, you, if you don't know them, you can memorize them. The print letters from five, six, seven, eight, and nine, and each click goes up two degrees. And there's little raised spots where the needle points to each degree. So if you, you can get it for probably, I think the last time I bought one was about twenty-five bucks. Wow. And it works. It's, it's a regular. It's just normal thermostat. Except you got the outer ring is a big ring with the raised five, six, seven, eight, nine numbers in print. But between, it's got the little dots every two degrees. And when you turn it, it clicks every two degrees. So I mean, if you can't afford that one, you can get a regular thermostat that's visually handicapped. Because I put we do it on have a in Annapolis even. Just, Very just good, Bill. move in there, right? We have a question. I think Karen, if I haven't heard her on the coffee club, I believe it's Karen out in Tennessee. It's me. The 865. Uh, Go ahead, Karen. Yes. Uh, well, on your other subject before, uh, I have uh, had a lot of changes lately in, in my family. I lost my father four years ago and a sister two years ago almost. And I'll, I have found, and I, that's one reason I live in Knoxville is because I have uh, transportation, you know, public transportation I can avail myself of. But my mother lives uh, in a nearby town, and it has virtually no transportation. I think there are some transportation options, but they're very limited. And as far as family goes, uh, really, I found that uh, relatives are not the best. Yes, I have some that do cooperate or are helpful, but uh, and I have others that, uh, yes, I mean, you want to compensate them, but some of them have just always got their hand out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it really is. Hey, Karen, I'll and, compensate you if you make me dinner. Oh, well, uh, you know. <clears throat> I'm just buy me around. an air fryer. Buy me a Cuisinart air fryer oven, and I'll consider it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding around with you, Karen. I hope you, I hope you understand. I'm just kidding around with you, Karen. <laughs> yeah, me too. You don't have to and, and that, and that thermostat it, sounds neat. I really enjoyed the demo of that. But, Karen, if you're going to make him buy you an oven, make him buy one of those June ovens or something that cost eight or $900. Don't. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know if you've been listening to the coffee club. Last week, Bill and I got on the subject of the June oven. The so, name of the company yes. is June. And the, the oven is uh, in the $600 range. And, or, but, but you could buy accessories for it as well, and that could get you up to about $800 or more. So, but, no, no. We, we saw one for $11,000 this morning. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, does it walk, talk, and, you know, prepare things for you? I mean, well, it, the, the, the big thing about this oven is it has a camera built into it so that when you put a steak on the broiler pan, it knows it's a steak. And you know it will it will actually automatically cook the steak, and you can tell it. Well, I want it medium well, I want it well done, or I want it medium rare, and it will do that kind of thing. I don't have the oven. I have a friend of mine in Hawaii who does, and I'm going to talk to them more about that as well. Uh, Jerry also had a question, Bill. I'm just going to mute him if you like. If you want okay, me to, well, I'll... Yeah, Jerry and Karen, stay there. I got another question for you. Yeah, stay there, Karen. Go ahead, Jerry. 
Okay, my question is on the talking thermostat, does it warn you when your batteries are getting low? Yes, it does. It does lower, okay. it does warn you, in the, and it also reminds you to change your furnace filter. Oh, okay, well. good. It warns you like two weeks before they're going to die or something like that. I'm not sure how, what the, how well that is, but I, it does. it does warn you. It does warn you. Yes, it does. So it does let you know in plenty of time. If, you know, if that would something that would be of your interest, but it does do that. And I think they last a year or two. Well, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. And the guy who who has designed the thermostat understood the needs of blind people, and that's why it is so user friendly. So, Karen, getting back to this yeah. oven, getting back to this oven, if you don't want, you know, if you really want to make Jeff really cook your dinner, have him buy you a Breva, B-E-R, what is it? B- it's a Bravia, Bravia. Bravia. And it only cost $1,000. So, it's, <laughs> you know, at least if you're going to have to put up with Jeff, you know, for a couple of hours. <laughs> Thanks a lot. (laughs) And, and, you know, maybe the oven has a radio in it, and it it has a a radio with a time machine, and you can hear the WFLI from Lookout Mountain, Tennessee, from about 30 years ago. Oh, that is a neat station. They have really, not only do they have the radio station, but they have a top 40 museum. Oh now, I don't know what all is in that, but they do have that in their at their studios. Well, so well, it probably has relic, relics from when it was a King Top Forty radio station. I mean, that was a that was a radio station that had, in its day, had quite a number of listeners back back it in the did. days. I mean, I would we would listen to it when we were on our way from Atlanta, the Atlanta Georgia area, to uh, Maryville, where my mother lives now so we are very familiar with that station well talking about transportation and stuff now you live in knoxville where there's lots of transportation how 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 do you how are you able to get to your mom's when you want to see her uh usually i request uh a family member i don't go there uh when i was when my daddy was alive uh, he would get me almost every weekend and you know but he's not here now and mother is not uh able to drive now so yes uh usually i have uh either some friends will take me to visit her or a family member so do you have sisters or brothers as well or are you are you an only child i had one sister and she's gone you know she's passed away and she was even more disabled than i am so i would help my parents you know if they had to go somewhere i would stay with my sister yeah, I understand, Karen. So well, I mean, it, it well. is t- you know, as we get older as blind people, and I, I'm not trying to get anyone depressed, but it it does get to be a little bit more difficult, especially if, as family members die. And if, as fr- I've had three friends who have passed away in the past ten years, and it does make things a little bit more challenging, I would say. So, it, it, I, believe me, I do get I get where you're coming from. Uh, when my daughter, wait, she is now uh, living. In Virginia, she's in the Navy. But when she retires, she will move back here. She gets my mother's house. And uh, now I don't expect her to be, as you call it, uh, my sided slave 
unquote, unquote. However, I'm not going to be her blind slave either. You know, <laughs> she's never asked me to do anything like that. But uh, and I didn't mean to it say goes both I'm, ways. Maybe I was wrong in saying it that way. But I, I've seen other blind people who have sighted children, whose children end up resenting them because they they depend on their children because they are visually impaired and. I, I just said that because I don't I don't want to be a burden to my to my three to my three daughters. That's the only no, reason. I, and, and and I agree with you, Karen. It it should be a you know a, a parent's obligation was to help take care of your children. I think children should look out for you, and they should do it because they want to, not because they have to. Yes. I mean that's just my opinion. And, you know. And we're missing you on All Things Radio, Karen. I know you're busy doing things, but we miss you. Uh, we miss your last lively weekend. comments on the All Things Radio live part, part of the show. Well, so. I'll call. I'll try to call more frequently. Yeah, she I've was, just uh, been pretty busy, and I'm going to be busy the next couple of weeks, but I hope on Thursdays. But I'll be listening either live or by podcast. Well, thank you, you Karen. The new speakers you got. Remember, you at that speaker there? We were at the Sprint store. Oh, yeah. At uh, ACB last year. Is the year before that? Sometime. It was uh, last year, <laughs> and I still use it. Yeah, yeah. G- good, nice-sounding speaker. It was. It really is. Uh, I also saw one. Uh, I didn't feel that I could see my, my way clear to buy it. But they they had another one this this year, and it was a cylindrical, almost cylindrical speaker that was waterproof. <laughs> you oh, could have it around the pool or, or something, you it and it sounded it. just as good. You know, if I were going to buy one of those speakers now, Karen, I would buy a speaker that is also... That would enable you to listen to the radio station because they're pretty much the same price. It would be Wi-Fi enabled if you wanted it to be. Oh, yeah. it is almost it is almost too bad, Bill, that the Amazon folks got rid of the Amazon tap because that really was a good speaker, and they never put any effort into marketing it, and it's no longer being made. I mean, you may still be able to find them in stock in Amazon, but they don't make it anymore. And that really is, I have that in my bedroom, and I carry it to my kitchen occasionally. That's a nice speaker. We do have Joe and Ellen again, I guess. Yeah, it's we'll Ellen, get I think to them. And, Karen, and the other thing, Karen, is I've, I've seen a new Bose, just about what you paid for that speaker that's Wi-Fi. So... Good to talk to you, Karen. I was going to mention. I was going to say real quick on that speaker that uh, the only problem with that speaker for me is I'd have to get a pool. Oh, well. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll flood your basement and then you'll have a pool. Uh, that that would work. I guess yeah. we can. It's a, it's a Geico commercial, a guy where the guy has a broken pipe in his basement, and he says, it's flooded, and I, I, I got some floats for the pool. Why don't you bring home some chips and we can go swimming in the basement? <laughs> That's what they, they make the, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that they make the funniest commercials. So They do. Greg's came downstairs while we're on the show here. Jenny's probably stepped away for a minute because when the furnace guy came, then our garage door stuck. We can't open up the garage door and we're trying to take our trash out so just some of the behind the scenes 
stuff going on. Did you, Go ahead. Did you want to say something, Joe? Or, I mean, Ellen, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, going back to the transportation thing, I was um, in Alamogordo. We had, I don't know when I was a kid, I don't know what kind of we had, because my, my family took me around. But then uh, after I moved out here to Albuquerque, then I had Sunben, which was beautiful because then I was able to have my independence. And then, but now they have in El Gordo, they do have a daytime service that they use, but that only runs from like six in the morning to six in the evening. So after six, you're on your own, and which is pretty bad. But um, and nearby Las Cruces, it's like that too. And so I'm really blessed. I'm, to be here in Albuquerque where, you know, you can get a ride at 5.30 in the morning or 9.30 at night. Well, that's good. Thank you, Ellen. I, I, now, do you have any, before before we go, do you have any vision at all or are you totally blind? Um, I have some vision. I just don't have the uh, reading vision. But oh. so I, I can see objects, lights, you know, things like that. But small items... I do have uh, issues with that. Could you see a dog or a cat and know the difference? Yes. You could? For the most part. But you said you have no reading vision, so even if they, even if you had a magnifier, you still can't read print? I can tell if it's magnified, but see, I have nerve damage. So that kind of messes the whole thing up there as far as reading anything. Okay, we understand. Thank you, and you're always you're, you're, we appreciate the, your your input in the in the show. Thank you, Ellen. Yeah, no problem. Let's see if Jennifer's back from her from her away. There, she must not be back. Well, I think it's been an interesting it's been an interesting topic talking about independence and transportation because I think they really do go hand in hand in oh. many respects. Now Jennifer's got her hand raised. Oh, sorry. I just came back. I know you probably all missed me. The garage door's fixed. It was a simple thing to fix. I didn't know that you could lock the garage door. What was the problem? The overhead door. What was the problem? It was locked. Oh, so the, so you couldn't open it by using the... But it's a power door, and you couldn't open it if it was locked, obviously, correct? Right, right. And you couldn't raise it up by hand either because it was locked. Oh, so how did it get locked? Because we don't know how to lock it. Probably, well, it's over on that left side. Probably, if it's spring-loaded, probably when that broom fell or the board or whatever, it probably hit that little... Because it's just a little slide thing over there. So it slides back and forth to lock it and unlock it. Oh. So now the now the garbage got out. Yep. Well a prisoner in your a prisoner in your garage. We about a year and a half ago, two years ago, Jenny's dad rebuilt our garage and made part of it into an office for Jennifer with a door and paneling and all of that tile, you know, down the carpet. So then part of the garage is still the garage, but it's been transformed into an office. There's actually a door that you go in and out, and so it's been divided up, which makes it a little bit easier. So let's see what time we are here. It is 
1044. Real, real, real quick, Bill. How did you get trained Jennifer to take the garbage out? I never got my wife to no, do no, that. No, no, no. I take the garbage out. Uh, Greg was there. <laughs> yeah. No. Now, I used to at the other house all the time. He used to at the other house. And then one time Jennifer was... That's back in the days when we had cats, and she had a bag of cat litter in her hand, and somewhere or another, she fell, what was it, you fell, how did you We fall? had an alley that we had to take the trash down to, and there was a, there was, at that time we didn't have the trash cart, we just set the bags at the edge of the alley, and I had a little fence to tell me when I got to the end before the drop-off, and I was walking fast because I was sure I knew where I was going. I'd done it a hundred times, and I didn't stop fast enough at the end of the fence, and I fell down into the alley, and the bag of cat litter busted, and my cat litter in my hair. <laughs> so that was that was her cat flame to flame. So now... Jeff, you, we, we, we're going to honor Chris here. We're going to talk a little bit about how each one of us prepare on a daily basis, prepares meals. You, you're primarily use your coffee, use your Keurig, of course. In the morning, my, my basic meal is I'll have coffee, and sometimes it's either two things or three things. Coffee, and sometimes I'll have a toasted bagel with cream cheese, or sometimes I'll have coffee and a bowl of cereal. And sometimes I'll have coffee and I'll have those uh, Jimmy Dean uh, bacon, egg, and cheese croissants or sausage, egg, and cheese, uh, cheese croissants for breakfast. Yeah, you cook those in the microwave, right? Those, the Jimmy Deans go in the microwave, bagels go in the toaster, and, of course, you know, cereal, cereal. But I do make the coffee in the morning. I have two cups a day, pretty much. I cut back on the coffee. My doctor said that it would improve my blood pressure by doing that. So I drink my big, bold Big, easy, bold, strong coffee when I get up in the morning, and then I have another cup maybe a half hour, an hour, or maybe 45 minutes later as well. So <clears throat> then when it comes evening time, a lot of times lunch, you're out and about and whatever, but evening time, your primary cooking tool is your oven, correct? My oven and my microwave and the top of my and, and my stovetop, but mostly it's my oven and microwave. Um, I buy a few frozen dinners, not many because they, they, they are so loaded with, with sodium and they're so unhealthy for you, but I buy some stuff from Lean Cuisine and although, even though I don't like them, they, they are more, a little bit more healthy and healthy choice and I, I buy these chicken leg quarters from the supermarket. I love those things. Put those in a roasting pan, you, you bake them for an hour and they come out great and sometimes they have them flavored so i'll get them from Shoprite or price shopper those are our local supermarkets sometimes they have lemon pepper or they might have honey barbecue or i just get them plain and i have that with a salad and 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 you know something to drink and that makes that's my dinner now let's see here tim what's your primary method of cooking oh i do a lot of stovetop cooking and and oven and microwave. We don't have any uh, real special. Well, we have a George Foreman grill, which I would like better if it were bigger. <laughs> I should have uh, examined that more closely when I bought it. But uh, yeah, it's, when now you my... have a family of four, it needs to be right. a little bigger than the regular one is. Now, when I cook in the morning, I may fix 
some toast in that toaster oven for myself with the multi-grain toast and peanut butter. But Jennifer, I may cook her something in the microwave in the morning. And then <coughs> at night, I usually use my, what is that, Breville, Breville Grill. It's sometimes to cook meat. And we've got the, what's that, air fryer oven. I'll cook something in it, vegetables in the microwave. I'll go on top of the stove, use the big skillet that I like to cook vegetables in. There's a, I don't use the oven that much for like cooking chicken or steaks or whatever because I can cook them better, I believe. Now, that's just my opinion. But <clears throat> whatever works for you, all right, Bill in Chicago, what is your primary method of cooking? Uh, am I there? Yeah. You're there. You're there. Okay, okay I didn't hear it. Muted. Uh, usually in the breakfast in the morning, it's sometimes, uh, this morning I had cereal, but I'll take bacon and scrambled eggs, or sometimes I got this thing I can poach like eggs in the microwave. But uh, it's usually whatever. I'll fix these brown and surf sausages on the stove. Um, and then I if do. I want to make a meatloaf, I just whip it up and throw it in the oven and bake it or... Uh, it depends. What, it depends on what I'm making. I mean, if I, uh, like last night I had a steak and I put it on my George Foreman grill and I had a stop the baked potato in the microwave and had a salad and, and so I mean, I, of course I'm the only one here, so I mean, and my daughter here once in a while, so for dinner, but a Foreman grill works well for me with the size I got. The thing I like is the one I got, I can take the grill down, throw them in the dishwasher. Yeah, no, that is. easy to clean, right. And I, I, let me give you guys a tip. Uh, when you get, if you do your Foreman grill and you burn something on it or you got some stuff stuck to it, like if you do a burger or a steak or something like that, you get a little meat dropping. What you want to do is, as soon as you finish cooking, take a wad of paper towels and wipe the grill down and it will wipe off any excess food. It won't be dried on there and caked on there and you got to try to get it loose. Are you wetting those paper towels with water no, first? No, just, just, no, it'd be too hot. Just take a wet, just take, you know, maybe two, three layers of, of uh, paper towel, kind of roll them up and just wipe, just wipe the grill down, the top and the bottom, and you'll eliminate all of that food particles and you won't have that dried stuff so when you get ready to wash them or clean them they just wipe right off or you just throw them right in the dishwasher and you don't have to worry about them. And you have the, the grill with the removable plates, Bill? Is right, that I, got the one with, yeah, I got the one with the removable plates. And you can put those in the dishwasher, correct? Right, you can put them right in the dishwasher, right. But I usually wipe them off or put them in the dishwasher while it's still hot. And the one good thing about that, like for example, my daughter, if I'll have maybe a burger or a steak and she's going to have a steak, well her job sometimes she doesn't get in until 8, 9 o'clock at night because she works in foster care. Um, I can wipe the grill down with the paper towel, and she can come in that evening and say she gets in at 8 o'clock. She can go ahead and throw her steak right on there, and we just put it in the micro in the dishwasher then. Otherwise, you don't have to worry about excess food or anything, and it's clean. It actually cleans it. I mean, it's not like putting soap and water on it, but, I mean, it's clean. You can use it. Now, do you wait a few minutes because it's mine's pretty hard. No, no, no. You do it right. As soon as you, as soon as you get through, you just wipe it down. You got to be careful. Naturally, you got to make sure the paper towels are, you know, you kind of wad them up and then you just, just wipe them down real fast. You don't, you don't sit there and hesitate over them. I mean, it just, just comes right off instantly. I mean, you can, you can do about one wipe on the top. You know, just go down, 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 you know, just across. And when you get to the bottom plate where you may have a few more food particles, you just have to wipe it over a couple times, and that's it. 
I think and just Chris let it, does let it stay open thing, and cool, yeah. that's all, yeah. She does the same thing, except she puts a little water on hers and lets it soak, you know, while Oh, yeah, thinking. the only thing that you're going to worry about is get the water gets hot on you and burn your fingers. But I just use a dry paper towel, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm assuming that they, they, they want you. They don't want you to use any metal utensils on it or any steel wool on it because they don't want it to wear off the monster coating on these grills. Yeah, you don't you don't scratch it with a with an SOS pad or something like that. That'll that'll ruin it for sure. No. Now you can use those. You can use if something gets stuck. You can use those. Um, oh, like they're plastic or some type of you know those those um, scrapers or scratchers you can use that aren't uh, steel wool. You can use them on them to take any food particles off. Tim, did you want to with a little plastic cleaner thing that you can right, yeah, right. between that you can yeah. between the. Yeah. Right, I heard right, you. Right. I heard you put your microphone on. Tim, did you want to say something? I was just going to say a lot of what Bill was saying. Um, they are extremely easy to clean. I have to give them that much, and I wish. Um, yeah, I wish they were bigger myself. You know, I wish they were bigger, but but otherwise, <laughs> for. For a single person, they're great, or or maybe a, a, a couple. But right, right, they're good for two people because you can get, you can get easily two burgers on it. You know, they do have larger today. models of those grills, Bill, because I've seen them on QVC where they have a large form of grill where you can put uh, like ten burgers on it. I think I'm almost sure that I've seen them. On- yeah, I think I think they do make them bigger. But do you guys? I don't know if you guys eat bacon or not. I'll give you a tip. You know, a lot of people that can't fry bacon because you can't uh, flip it real easily in the skillet. Just too. did you ever did you ever try bacon in the microwave? I do mine oil all the time. It you works take very a, well. Yeah, yep. you take a microwave plate, or they can buy special bacon cookers, but I just use a microwave plate. You put a couple layers of paper towel on the plate, lay your bacon on it. Put a piece, put a single layer of paper towels over top of the bacon, throw it in the microwave, and you set it for about, oh, anywhere from four to four and a half minutes, and it comes out nice. If you like it crispy, it comes out real nice and crispy, and you don't have all that grease or anything. You can do turkey bacon, pork bacon, any type of bacon in it. You know, it's good bacon that you don't may not have a problem with it, but it's Canadian bacon. That's a, that's a very thick bacon, Bill. Have well, you seen it that? Cook. You, might, you might have to go a little longer. But I know just normal bacon is four to four and a half minutes. I've, I've never, I have to try Canadian bacon. I, I usually don't buy Canadian bacon that often, but I'll have to get some and try it one day. I'll let you know. But I mean, it may take you five minutes or so with Canadian bacon. But, yeah. but that's one easy way to do it. You don't, have to, you don't have a dirty skillet to clean up. You don't have the grease. You don't have that stuff. Cause... One thing about this Breville grill, you can put four big hamburgers because we had three big steaks on there last night, and they were big. You know, they were pretty, pretty huge uh, at that. But, you know, if you've got a bigger family, and, and I probably could have put a fourth on there, to tell you the truth. But, you know, the expensive steak is you can't always get, you know, steaks every day. But, uh, so, so, Bill, with, uh, with Chris not here, are you going to give the recipe then? The recipe. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, that's like taking you know, you know what you know what you just did, Tim. That's like taking the knife and 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 putting it in him and then stab and twisting, you know. You can give your recipe for beef stroganoff. It's good. Beef stroganoff. All right. Is that the one where I brown the ground beef and I put in some couple cans of mushroom soup and then I put Sorry in what else do I put in? Onions with the ground beef when I'm browning that. Mushroom soup, 
There's something else I'm putting in there. I actually get a couple cans of mushrooms and drain them and put those in there. And then when it just about gets done, then I put in some sour cream. And then I cook my ream noodles on the side. And then when I get done, I just mix it all together. And that's the poor man's beef stroganoff. I don't think it is. And it's really good. I don't think That's a Mr. Food beef stroganoff. That was years ago he did that. Oh, I don't think anybody (laughs) would. So let me ask you a question, Jennifer. After Bill cooks it, do you go, it's so good. Remember how Mr. Food used to do that on television every day? It's so good. (laughs) But that's one of my recipes. And I thought I had invented that one, but I didn't. But... One of my other recipes I do a lot of times if Jennifer is hungry is I cut up some potatoes and start cooking them and then cut up the smoked sausage and put that together. Then when that starts getting brown, then I throw in some cans of green beans and I mix that together. So that's my smoked sausage, green beans, and potatoes. The recipes will never be the same when I get done, but that's just... One of them. When he gets the skinless smoked sausage. Oh, so th- th- those are just a few, Jeff. That you, you just just give me some ideas. I'll tell you. Um, I got to tell you, you're 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 more of a cook than I am. But you know what? Each to his own. That that's the whole thing. I mean, uh, I only made a mistake when I went to school that I didn't take home economics because as oh, guys, we didn't have to when I went to school back back, back then. So that was my mistake. Go ahead, Tim. I was going to say, that's pretty much my recipe for beef stroganoff, too. I've done it that way. Sometimes I use rice instead of noodles, but both work well. 